Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. This message is called Faith, and um, let, let's look at this. Got your Bibles, uh, get your pens ready. It's a little bit line by line. You're not going to see me be t- too adventurous tonight. This morning we had fun. It was great. These are, these are great days where you need to be equipped, you need to be empowered with real faith. Let me tell you how we got here with audacious faith. How we, I'm not going to tell you the story how we got our promised land for this church which is the land the building the ministry and all that it's doing and the sons and daughters that are being raised up in the house so I don't want to go come I don't even want to go there that, that that was in this morning's message but tonight going to talk about faith is that cool so I talked about grace there's a series there about grace tonight I'm going to talk about faith so let's check this out faith okay here we go acts 16 verse 31 in the midnight darkness, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas have been locked up in jail and they're praising God. They're locked up in a dingy water. You know, it, it's damp, it's, it's horrible, it's dark, and, but they're singing the praises of Jesus. Okay, it's a great story. But Acts 16.31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And I'll say it again, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe, trust in God. So... It's through faith in God that we get saved, amen? Faith actually, if you let it have its hold, it will sanctify you. You know, you will live a sanctified life if you live by this disposition. Say disposition. So how did you get saved? You were given the Holy Spirit. You were given faith by the Holy Spirit. And that brought you to repentance. That brought you to a place where you said... Jesus, I feel like, yeah, I'm on the outer, but you're saying you can give me the free gift of being justified by faith and, and I can be accepted by you. I can feel that smile on my life. And, but hang on, you're saying I've got sin and I need to be forgiven of that sin. And uh, look, I choose to believe that. I don't fully understand it, but if it's true, by faith, say faith, by faith, save my soul. And we do, we get saved. We come to Jesus. And the reality of the thing is, the, the massive reality of it is that you are justified by faith. You are justified by faith, not by works. So some of you get banged up during the week and you get yourselves out of sorts and you this happens, that happens, and you'd really botch it up. But please, can I tell you, get back to church. Get back to your connect group. Get back to the Bible, get back to God because he is absolutely like this. He's not like your parent going, come here, I've got something to talk to you about. He's not like that. He, he paid for all that disgruntlement by, by his son Jesus. And he's just like this, constantly. Even while you're driving around in a stolen car, drunk out of your mind, whatever. He's just saying, He's like that. It's phenomenal. You, you just can't get him dispositioned by being disgruntled with you. So just come back to church. Come back to youth. Come back to yards. Come back to your Bible. Come back to God. Come back. Come back every day. His mercies are new every morning. Okay. 
So you know what I'm saying? So we got this guy called Martin Luther, Martin Luther, who's a 15th century monk. He's in the Catholic Church anyway. We won't go there. But he has a massive reality check that we're not saved by works. It's not like all this paying penance and paying for your salvation and works program. He says, hang on, I'm reading the Bible. He's in the Bible 24-7, this guy. Martin Luther, he says, hang on, I'm seeing in the Bible, in, in the book of, you know, I'm not, no, he's saying the book of Romans. He says, I'm seeing in the Bible. He did, he actually did. He says, I'm seeing in the book of Romans that we are actually saved and justified by faith. Do you know what I'm saying? So we don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to do all these obstacle courses and uh, over the hill, down the hill, uh, through the mountain, uh, uh, over the hill and across the river. We don't have to do that. We just have to believe, trust, trust in God, have faith in God. And so Martin Luther says, look, we've got to lay all this work stuff down. We've just got to believe in what the Bible, what the Apostle Paul said, that we're justified by faith alone. Uh, a proper interpretation is probably saying justification by grace through faith alone. Do you know what I'm saying? And so he says he wasn't quite convinced He's, you know, it goes on to, to say about this man that he was not quite convinced that we fully understood what faith was. And Luther said people did not know what faith is and how it justifies. It's not, it's not merely giving credence to historical facts of the gospel story. It is believing that Christ came to save us personally. Who can believe that? It's a trust in, a trust in Christ. It's acting. We're getting some verbs now. Acting. It's acting upon his promises. Relying. It's relying upon him to save us. Do you know what I'm saying? Just as you would rely on a ship to get you from one place across the ocean to another, but you don't quite fully believe that until you get on that ship and it starts to transport you, that's what faith is. Amen? You've got to rely on God. He says... What happens in relying and trusting in God and having faith in God is that you, in this mystical, powerful, surreal, awesome, supernatural way, you developed a union with Christ that nobody can understand this, but it's true. That you feel that you're connected to God. If you don't tonight, we're going to pray for you at the end of the service. We're going to give a salvation message. We're going to pray that you get supernaturally connected. Some people still have not connected with God. Do you know what I'm saying? Some people have. And that's awesome. Union with Christ. We join with Christ and everything that he has, including justification, grace, life, salvation, and hope. And we call this the great exchange. We trade in our reduced life, which is not going real, not going to do real well on planet earth, in the way that God wants it. But if we trade in this version of our life, the old life, and if we say, Jesus, you got a better plan for me, you got a better version of my life, okay, I die to my life and I stand up in the life that you got for me. And when you do that, faith comes alive in you and you start to live a much bigger life. And I talked about this morning having vision for your life. The vision for your life should be way bigger than your, than your ability, way bigger than your ability to even if your vision is not big enough to scare you but you know you you got to understand this god wants to supply every need according to his riches in glory he wants to bless you outside the box 
He doesn't want you to. He doesn't want you to just keep you safe and nice within the confines of your own safeguards of your own personality. He he wants to break you out, and be and, and for you to be a totally influ, a, a total a total influencer, a messenger of hope, someone large on the inside, large on the outside, someone able to do all things in Christ who strengthens you. Can you believe that? That your vision. You can only harness this vision if you believe who Christ is, by the way. If you believe Christ is short, small, that he's underpowered, that he's not as resourceful, if he's not great and he's not loving, as I said this morning, if you don't understand who Jesus truly is, that when you look at him, you can't see that he's great and loving, your vision is going to be downsized. Amen? When you can see that he's huge, and the people rocking the planet right now, are people that have fu- just a couple of fundamental truths happening on the inside of their life. And two of them are, God is great, God is good, and God is loving. And on those two principles, they, they stand as a foundation in their life and they walk their life out and they do awesome stuff for God. Because God is so mysterious, God is so awesome, no one will fully comprehend Him and, and understand Him. Am I getting through to someone? You just have to understand that. Say this. God is great. God is loving. Say it again. God is great. God is loving. Get that on the inside of you and you will do some serious shaking yourself, shaking people's lives, shaking the community, shaking your youth group, shaking whatever. You can't be the same after having a witness like that in your life. So trust, we're talking about trust. Yeah, I'm getting somewhere. Oh, that's someone else's notes. Okay, that was a good message. I'm preaching to someone tonight. Trust. Okay, let's go to Psalm 37. We're moving along quite nicely tonight. David's wisdom in Psalm, Psalm 37. It's classic. Psalm 37, highlight that when it says Psalm 37 in your Bible. Just highlight the top of that. highlight, Highlight the whole Psalm 37. Starts off with the, the verse, verse one, and it basically says it contrasts the righteous and the wicked. And the psalmist exhorts God's people not to fret or to be envious of the wicked who may be prospering now but face a bleak final state. It does say that. But let's go to Psalm 37, verse three. Let's check, check this out. Say trust in the Lord. Psalm 37, verse three. Have I got that up there? Trust in the Lord and do good. So say trust again in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, enjoy safe pasture. So we get two things from there. We get two things from this one, one verse. One of them is this. We can see something here and it's something of faith. It's an attitude and it's an action. Now attitude, as I was walking out of my home this afternoon, I says, I thought to myself, I love words. And I thought to myself, what really is I know what attitude is. You get out of here. I, I know what it is. But I thought to myself, what would this Bible dictionary on my iPhone say of such a word? And so I found this attitude. So attitude, what's the attitude? That's the trust part. Is your attitude trust or mistrust? So you see that? See, it says trust. Just hold that scripture up there for us, guys. Trust in the Lord. So what's trust mean? What's that? What's trust? That's an attitude. Mistrust is an attitude. (laughs) 
Trust is like, it's, it's more, <laughs> trust, trust definitely wouldn't go. Because that, that gives all the wrong message. But trust, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's big trust. <laughs> yes, I believe it. <laughs> That's huge. So trust is an attitude. What does the Bible, what does the dictionary say? Well, in this app I've got, I'm not sure what version it says, it's a manner, it's a disposition, it's a feeling, it's a position with regard to a person or thing, it's a tendency or an orientation, uh, it, especially of the mind. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an attitude, it's a position, it's a posture of the body uh, appropriate to or expressive of an action. It's an emotion. Uh, the inclination of three principles, axes of... Uh, Cameron, you'd understand that. Inclination of the three principal axes of an aircraft relative to the wind, to the ground. I'm not sure what that's saying. But in ballet, it says, a pose in which the dancer stands on one leg and the other bent behind. Is that it? attitude? Can you, can you show me that? Come on. You can. Please. Trust yeah who can do it who's Bridget where's Bridget where's Bridget Bridget please you got to help me come on yeah give it up for Bridget why are they calling that pose thank you Julie but do you you use the word attitude in dancing you do use that word I'm blown out okay sure sure so it's a, it's a posture. It's a posture. Trust is a posture. It's a front foot worshipping. It's, it's, it's a trust. It's your emotions. It's all that and more. And it's an action. Help me, Phil. Pastor Phil, I've lost you. Okay, so let's back it up. Let's back it up. Faith in the Old Testament is trust in the Lord. Attitude. It's, it's... Did I do it right, Jules? Help me. Sort of. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm part of that crowd. I feel like I'm part of the karate kid thing happening here. Listen. To do good. To do good. What does do good mean? Action. Faith is trusting God. It's a posture in God. It's a position of your heart in God. And it's a do good. Meaning it's an action. That, we'll get to that. Okay. We place our faith in confidence in the Lord. That's attitude and we do good. That's action. James 2.14. Let's check this out. James 2.14 says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? I'm reading this out on purpose, by the way, because the word is powerful. It's it's life-changing. It's a two-edged sword cutting deep between the soul and spirit, the body says. It, It has surgical application to change you, to reshape you, to reorganize you, to reprogram you, to believe and trust in God. Who believes in that? Let's give it up for Jesus. Give him a clap. You're too quiet. Too quiet for Sunday night. James 2.14. What good is it, my what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? I could tell something funny, you know, if you men have a trouble, you know, demonstrating their faith, their romance to their wife and the wife wants she wants the bells and whistles she wants a manifested 
reality check of that you really do love your wife, that you, you, she wants the flowers, she wants the big smile, she wants me to talk a lot, she wants me to hear a lot, she wants me to bear my heart. That's all, that's all action. That's all action. If I just go, I really do love you, darling, trust me, that you're awesome. Oh, you're just so awesome. I'm so glad I married you 26 years ago. Oh, man, I'm just out of my skin with excitement, what we're going to do for, for the rest of our life. Oh, you're just so awesome. That's why we lift our hands in, in church. That's why, that's why we give. That's why we speak well. That's why we smile at people. That's why we're friendly. That's why we do the things we do. We are manifesting good works, action. Faith without action is dead. Your faith will die. A hundred. If you don't do something with your spiritual life, if you don't make it do something, you know, help me, come on. It will die on the inside and you will become just flat. Pascal. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you said, that's why Andrew said about we want to give stuff away to the community. We want to help single mums. We want to feed the poor. We want to do something. That's the very heart of what Andrew was saying. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm, well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs... What good is it? That's not faith. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 2.18, James 2.18, you're tracking with me? But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. 19, you believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that one, shudder. 20, you foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, trusted God, had faith in God and it was accredited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. 24, you see that a person is justified by what he does, not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous of what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Say amen to that. So authentic faith, say authentic faith, is portrayed in the Bible in these both ways. It's a trust in God, it's a reliance in God, and it's an obedience thing. It's an active thing. It's actively engaging God. It's constantly abiding in the vine. It's constantly hearing Him and doing what He's called us to do. Now, let's check this out. Psalm 37, verse 3. We could have spoken about Romans 1, 5, where it says, Paul says, the obedience of faith. See, faith presents itself God calls you to live a life, to do something, and obedience should follow that. Obedience, that's faith. What are you doing that for? God asked me to do it, and I'm being obedient. That's faith. What are you doing this for? Well, that's faith to me. I'm heard from God, and it's in the Bible, and, and I'm doing it. I'm coming to church. I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm giving to this person. I'm giving to that person. I love this person. What are you doing that for? Why are you forgiving that person? Because the Bible says to forgive everyone, and, 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 and you know what I mean? And that's faith. The more you can present that, people believe it. People see it on you, and it's a witness to them. 
Okay, here it is. Uh, Psalm 37 verse 3. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness, meaning pursue faithfulness. Bible's basically saying here we are to pursue faithfulness, meaning pursue this relentless spirit, as John Bevere said at the presence conference. Who was there? That's basically what he's saying. Relentless. I'm coming to church. I'm loving God. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm giving to God. I'm not backing down. I've left Egypt. I'm on a journey towards God to honor him. Every time we do that and honor God in every action we do, it purifies you. That active faith will sanctify you and purify you, brother, sister. It, 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 you're going to change. Look how many of you have changed already. Our brother from um, Darwin sat through this morning's service. He saw some of our best people get up, present the service. And he said every single person that got up shined. They had just had this shining about them. They had this glow about them. Why is that? Because they're living by faith. They're obedient to God and they're living by faith. And the Bible says in Romans, if you do that, you will be sanctified. Do you know what I'm saying? So here it is. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Psalm 37 verse 3. We are to pursue faithfulness. Saving faith is fidelity. A covenant loyalty to God, our Savior, whose own faithfulness undergirds and enables our faith. So he's rock steady. There, there it says it right there. God's just like that, smiling at you. He's, he's rock steady. He's not having a bad head day. His footy team, you know, even though it lost, he's, he's rock solid. Even though whatever, 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 even, you know, whatever's happening in Iran, in the Middle East, he's just, he's just solid every day. He ain't budging towards you. His smile is towards you. His heart is towards you. His love is towards you. His ultimate plan is constantly towards you. It's there every morning. You can't shake it. You can't dodge it. You can't weave it. You can't hide under your bed from it. It's just there like that. God is just there like that. Constantly. You can shake him off. You can drink a bottle of Jim Bean and, and, and get drunk. He's just there. He's just there. He's just, you had enough now? Can we talk? You could rob a bank and he's still there. You're not going to shake God. He's faithful. I love this stuff. Psalm 37 verse 4, accelerating a little bit now. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. There is great pleasure in fulfillment in the life of faith. Bible's saying here, delight yourself in Lord, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That means this. Okay, let's crunch this. If you really seek God, love God, worship God, these desires in your heart will form. I have no desire to read my Bible. I have no desire to give. I have no desire to feed the poor. I have no desire for SG to grow anymore and to win any more souls. I have no desire to be a nation shaker, you know, history maker, messenger of hope. What are they talking? I have no desire. But you know what will happen? As you cultivate faith on the inside, these healthy desires will start to, where's that coming from? He wants me to preach. I can't preach. I'm not born to preach. Why am I thinking like that? Why am I dreaming like that? Why, Why do I want to go to Bible college now? Why do I want to read my Bible now? 
Why am I giving now? I don't want to give. I, I don't want to worship God with my hands held up. I don't want to come to church. The more you persist and are faithful and relentless in faith towards God, other desires will replace the corrupted desires. The desires that send you down here. What are you doing down there? Oh, I just had some desires. They're, they're, they're not good desires. They're, they're crummy desires. Worship God. And as you do, guess what? Let's read that scripture again. Delight yourself in the Lord. Ah, that's the key. I've got to delight myself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Meaning, if your desires are sanctified, and if they are according to God, he will give you that which you want, Andrew. You want a yacht? You're going to end up with a yacht, buddy. Wants a yacht. That's not me. I don't like boats, man. I got shipwrecked off cans once. Broken sail and seasick and eight he-man construction site workers fretting for their life. Haven't gotten over it since. Back in 83. But if you want a yacht, buddy, God's gonna, God's gonna bless you with a yacht. Paul reminds us Paul reminds us, Philippians 2, 2, 12. I've got to get this message through. It's powerful. It's great. I love it. As we take our ultimate joy and delight in God, he conforms our most desires to his holy will and our God-given dreams are realized. You want to build a church, Phil? Go for it. If that's the desire of your heart, I'm for you. I'm with you. My... uh, we will supply all your needs according to my son's riches in glory. Go, do it. Wow. This stuff works, man. Let's check this out. Philippians 2.12, down the home straight, Paul's encouraging us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you. He's working in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's, he's in you. I didn't want God in. I just wanted a mental ascension to God. I just wanted to believe in the historical facts of Jesus. I don't want God inside my heart. I don't want him in the rooms of my heart. I don't want him in there. I just want him on the front veranda, just like the local paper when it gets thrown. I want to just pick it up every now and then and just leave it on there, man. I want my home. I want my house. I want to play and do whatever I want to do in my house. I don't want God in my spiritual house of my heart. Amen? But guess what happened when you got saved? You let Jesus into your heart. Woo! And he's just waiting, man. He's waiting in the foyer. <laughs> Can I come in now? I said, what are you doing here? I left church. I left C3 about an hour ago. What are you doing here, Jesus? Uh, I was going to have some party time with my friends, you know. Do you have to stand there, man? Do you have to really... <laughs> You let him into your heart, man. And he's saying, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, in your heart, in your home, in your spiritual home of your heart, both to will and to act and for his good pleasure. The New American Standard Bible says it like this in Philippians 2.13. For God is the one who, for his good purpose, works in you both to desire and to work. There it is. There's my point. To desire God, to desire to go to Bible college, Jesse. I have no desire to go to Bible college, Jesse says to the Oldfield family. I have no desire. I'm not like you crazy fanatics. <laughs> Dad, you know what? I really feel like I need to go to Bible college. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's about, but... Because when you're doing this, man, worshipping God, coming to church, reading your Bible, the healthy desires of your heart will come to the surface and go, oh, man, I think I need to go to Bible college too. 
How many people are going mid, midstream this year into Bible class? Jason Smith. Jason Smith's going hot off the press. Wow. Jason Smith. Woo. Eugene Patterson's version. And if you haven't read the Message Bible, you might find this a little bit in your face. But he says it like this and he extrapolates from the Greek language and the Paul's passion and purpose. And he says it like this, same scripture, Philippians 2, 13, 2, 12 and 13. He says it like this. Is that up there right now? What I'm getting at, is that up there right now? The, the message, oh, I'd love that version up there, guys. If you can do it, if you can pull it off, pray for them right now. The message version of two Philippians 2, 13, 2, 12 and 13. I've got to go ahead. Can't wait for you guys. Sorry. What I'm getting at, he says in the same version. Yes. Give it up for those guys at the back. Woo! They're under the pump tonight. I've really got them working hard, man. I only quoted two scriptures this morning. What I'm getting at, friends, is that I'll get the sack if I don't quote scriptures. You know that. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should. Oh, he's got it. Oh, one set. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you ready? Put your seatbelts on. What I'm getting at, friends, is that... (laughs) That's your sin, by the way. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep... Pardon? Yeah. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing... Now, listen, youth. Listen, everyone. Young and old. What? (laughs) This is Eugene Patterson. He's a funny guy. He wrote the Bible. I'd love to meet a guy who wrote the Bible. He's still alive today, by the way. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. What I was, when I was living among you, you lived in, in responsive obedience. Say responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep up. Now that you're not at C3 Tugra, keep it up. Now that you're not in your connect group, keep it up. Now that you're not under the inspiration of Luke Boyd and Garth Ball and, and all of the other great leaders, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation. Reverent, sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy and energy deep within you. God himself willing and working what will give him the best pleasure, meaning your life giving him glory. Who can say amen to that? Romans 1.17 says, From faith to faith we live our life. The reformers cried out in Hebrews 12 too. Let us fix our eyes in Jesus, the author, that means the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that. If you're looking for confidence in God to finish what he began, Philippians 1, 6, pray for me. I'm down the home straight. I need five minutes. Can you give it to me? Philippians 1, 6. This is a powerful message. I've got to get it through to you. I've just got this one more portion to get through to you. Philippians 1. I need some confidence. Someone's asked me. I need some confidence that God can continue to do the good work that's begun in my life. When I gave my life to Jesus, when I joined Him in union, holy union with Him, I need some more confidence. I'm really doing hard yards, man. I feel like I've got a jerry can in my hand down the... run out of petrol and I'm looking for gas and I'm lonely and I'm busted and... If that's you, here, we, here you go. Philippians 1.6. Being confident. Say confident. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm confident about you. God's confident. What about you? The psalmist says in Psalm 37 verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. 
Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. Notice that word trust right there. Trusting it. And notice the word commit. It's a doing thing, guys. It's not sloppy Christianity. The Bible alludes to us believers as soldiers in one verse. It alludes to us as farmers sowing, sowing in another verse. And there's many illustrations where it typifies us as believers doing and, you know, acting out our faith. It's not sloppy, whimsical, philosophical faith. It is applying your life to, the, to God in obedience to Him by faith. Who can believe that? Otherwise, you're going to find yourself getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says it like this. We talked about the words trust and the word commit, meaning something like this probably. Commit to the Lord. Is that Proverbs 16 verse 3? Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. The Amplified Version in Proverbs 16, verse 3. I love this, Jules. Check this out. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to Him. Roll your schoolwork over to Him. Roll your career over to Him. Roll your business stuff over to Him. Roll your marriage over to Him. Roll your finances over to Him. Roll your, 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 your soccer exploits over to Him. Roll it over to Him. Roll your health over over to him, say it, let's say it again, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. This is the amplified version. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. I tell you guys, you just, man, if you could only sniff some of this, what God's got on the horizon for your life, a most magnificent, colorful, full life. Man, if you let him provide a path for you, it will be amazing. Those who commit but, those who trust, receive the fullness of their salvation. Psalm 37 verse 6. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. Why did those guys from Darwin say, everyone that stood on this stage, including my beautiful daughter, Jilly, who is up here making music to the Lord, leading us into the throne of grace, and all the other speakers, Luke, Candace, everyone that got up here, they said, this couple said, they said they all shined. Their salvation shined. You getting this? I love this stuff. I don't know about you. Psalm 37 verse 6 says it. We will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. Your Christian faith will shine like the dawn. Your salvation will shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Finally, we should note the call of serenity of faith. Psalm 37 verse 7. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Can you handle that? In the NASB version it says, Rest in the Lord. Wait quietly before the Lord. Who, who does a bit of that? Who waits, just loves to wait, quiet in their spirit? The Hebrew word here meaning to be silent, to be still, to quieten down. As Peter, as again Eugene Peterson would say it, just to quieten down. Solomon's wisdom, lastly, is the same as David's in the Psalms. Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's just say this all together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. I can't see myself going to university. I can't see myself being... being an entrepreneur. I can't see myself doing the Olympics. I can't see myself raising a family. I can't see myself marrying a great husband, a great wife. I can't see. But you know what? Guess what's going to happen? He's going to make a path. 
He said, man, I'm not going anywhere. I don't see, I don't see anything happening, man. I don't see any of that stuff. Um, guess what's happening, guys? Guess what will happen? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. People of faith refuse to rely on their, on their own wisdom and insight. Rather, they choose to trust God wholeheartedly. In all their ways, they seek to know God and he clears their path. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.